0: Welcome to episode number 13 of the Student Manager Podcast on Fonger News. Special guest with me, Jerry
1: Frazier from Frazier College Mission Counseling. Jerry, good morning. Good morning, and thanks for having me. This is exciting. I always love to talk all things college, so. And this is the
0: time to talk about it. We're late September, October. This is like the college time where colleges are visiting high schools, kids are... Getting into that process of applications, essays, uh, but before we get going, I do have to give our executive producer props, Murph Carjes from Sugar Ray. You know who? Sugar
1: I, I Ray do, is. I do, I do. So in we're fact, in his, I'm conjuring up some of your music in my head.
0: We're in his lovely studio here, here at the west side of Costa Mesa, and again, Jerry Fraser, our special guest. I've been waiting for this. I know you're busy, and it's hard to book your time. Uh, so the last week, I've, I said, you know what? We're having Jerry Fraser in the house. And you have so much to give, so much to offer. We're breaking this up into two episodes. So yes, my 15 followers, hopefully after you, we're gonna get up to 20, maybe 25. <laughs> yeah. But we're gonna go two episodes because we're gonna give them great content in a short amount of time. Sound good to you? Sounds great. So Jerry, let's talk about what you do and and how we came about me finding you and where we are today.
1: Well, I, you know, I'm trying to remember how you came to me. Was it through another local? Was it through the Matsunamis, or were, was it were the Was another family through you?
0: It was a referral, and you mentioned Matsunami. Obviously, Mia was a great guest, and now she's uh, having a great time up at Notre Dame. But Sophia was my first uh, student with you, and she started was it in the freshman or sophomore year of high school
1: well it probably would have been freshman year most of my students do start with me I prefer to begin with them actually in the spring of eighth grade Um, and that's only one meeting typically um, get the kids in early have an initial consultation see if we're a fit and I say that because every now and again I'm not a fit for a family. Um, and I had that happen recently, where um, some red lights kind of went off during a, an initial consultation. I like families who are willing to be open-minded and engaged in the process. Um, I, I, I Students who are eager and want to be there and um, are willing to take advantage of opportunities that I can avail them of. So, you know, we begin in eighth grade plotting right away courses for ninth grade and potential activities and involvements for the summer.
0: Right. So that means my son, eighth grader, will be seeing you in the spring. And I do remember Sophia and now Julia, who's a senior at Modern Day, going to you, me actually sitting in your kitchen uh, and for listening to you freshman year, or sophomore year. Now they just drive and they come and they say, I'm going to see Jerry, great. We're gonna go see Jerry. So first, I gotta give you props, thank you. Sophia is now at the University of Washington, a freshman, having a blast, loving it, sorority, and I I do wanna thank you. If I've never thanked you.
1: No, you have, and you know she had some terrific options, and I wondered whether she would pick UW. Uh, She, I think, was considering a couple of other schools fairly highly. I think she chose wisely, so.
0: I do too, but let's get off my kids because it's not about my kids, it's not about your kids because I do want to talk to you about your kids and their college process and we've talked about this a lot because sitting in your office, uh, I think it was Sophia's and Julia's first consultations, you asked about this college or this college and I think you were pretty impressed that I've probably been as many college campuses as you, if not more.
1: I think you are the... um the quintessential college geek. I mean, I remember when I was introducing my now couple of year old college platform, which has a tab that allows you to do all the research on any college you really would want, on any element of the college. And I think you were on there more often than your girls were, as I recall. <laughs> so, you know, whether it was touring virtually or looking at financial aid or looking at different programs or crossover schools, I'd say you're probably the exception. Um, I'd, most of my families are not quite as knowledgeable at di- uh, about different schools. And I know the Pacific Northwest held particular allure for you, because I think you were traveling there for business and had been there quite a bit, so. Yes. Um,
0: and that's why we have this podcast, The Student Manager, obviously the goal is to help students as well as parents with the college search and admission process. But rather than me talk about all the campuses I've been on, why I like it, for different reasons, I've been having guests students that actually are attending or have graduated come on share their experiences as well as individuals like yourself we're getting the community more involved I have the principal at Newport Harbor High School if he's listening out there yes we're putting you on the spot because he's gonna come on we're gonna get more involved with the school district I have the OSHA counselors coming on modern-day people coming on administration because this is the time where parents really want to find out what's going on so let's get to my first question because as Students are trying to make a decision on where to go, what's a good fit for them. The same thing, you're looking at students trying to help them, what determines a good student, how we're going to work with you, because not every student's a good fit for you, just like not every student is a good fit for a college. So let's touch on just when you talk to people, what should students be focusing on in terms of like their interest or their... uh, you know, what they wanna do. Learning style, for yes. example.
1: So I, I, um, I, I love a couple of tools that I use to help kids. You know, a lot of kids are anxious about this process and a lot of parents are anxious about this process. You know, how do we decide what might be a good fit for Susie? And one of the ways that we do this is obviously I work with the kids fairly closely for a number of years and then I come to understand them and know them fairly well, as well as their interests and their learning styles, learning challenges, um, religious desires to ex- you know, continue their religious education, whatever it might be. I also use something called the Korsava card sort, which the kids love doing. They can do it online, they can do it, it's like a deck of cards that they play mm-hmm. in front of me, which divides things up in terms of must-haves, would be nice, don't really care, no way, and you know. Then they 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 go through these. This is not specifically um, college specific, but right. it's things like.
0: Give me an example of must haves.
1: Um, <laughs> D one football. Okay. Some school some kids put that down. Others will say low student to faculty ratio. Very different student looking for very different things. Financial aid sometimes is would be nice. Sometimes it's must-have. Um, and th- those things I usually know about early on because I have a questionnaire and I ask about those things. Um, and the students sometimes tip me off. I need to find a school where I'm going to get either need-based or merit-based aid to be able to attend. Um, so those are some things. Uh, LBGTQ-friendly community. Green Environment
0: um, but do you Greek think, life and that's a, I think the big two ones are the two top ones are probably I hear they got to have a football team or they have to have a Greek life system, right, but do you think students and parents, the majority of them are thinking about those certain specific must haves must nots are especially around here let's be honest, Jerry, mm-hmm. are they all just thinking about that sweatshirt brand?
1: So I think the sweatshirt brand has been something that's been difficult for me to, although I'm, I'm gaining traction, but I think it's been a difficult thing for me to kind of get people to look beyond the sweatshirt names. I, I point out on the map that I have in my office and the red pins that I have pressed into the map of every school where my students have applied and gotten in and we'll, we'll look at the heartland You know, sometimes we will look for schools. Have you heard of, for example? Have you heard of Haverford? Never heard of Haverford. Would you be surprised to know that Haverford is probably ranked as one of the top small liberal arts colleges? What is a small liberal arts college? And it gives me an opportunity to tell them what a liberal arts college is Hmm. and what a small liberal arts college is. For example, NYU, big urban city school, Considers itself a liberal arts college. Pomona College, small suburban school, is a small liberal arts college. So, you know, this isn't this is an educational process that we go through. I think some of the things um, that I love to point out with the kids are so colleges that change lives. Would you at least take this one copy of my book at home, go over it with your folks, and look at some of the things that made it, made those colleges into that book. Um, The Fisk Guide, which my students have access to online, come up with the name of a school, let's go through what makes that school compelling, I think, to you, that you're telling me you want big, you want urban, you want football, you want Greek, and then let's play that out. Let's talk about how you feel in a classroom with 300 other students with a teaching assistant who gives you the grade in the class right. does that feel comfortable do you are you going to be the one who's willing to go into the professor's office and you know if you need help see, or what have you you've got to play it out we role play
0: and i like the role play and those are real life scenario situations because you walk in a lecture hall right and then you're visiting campus you see 300 seats can you visualize yourself there or you know even having that contact with the teacher but let me ask you the tough question because those are great questions that you're asking your students all right i'm here i can't afford maybe frazier counseling right i am going to high school and i want to go to college my where do i get that direction help the parents help my audience understand what they should be doing Freshman year, sophomore year, junior and senior year. We'll go high level, and then sure, I, sure. I, I'm gonna dig.
1: So one thing I want to say is that um, our profession, independent educational consulting profession, has skyrocketed over the last ten years. And one of the tenets of our professional organization, I.E.C.A., is that we give, we provide service. Each one of us is challenged. To donate time to students who can't afford. Hmm. So, as an example, I have in any given year between five and ten percent of my students on full scholarship.
0: Full. Interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. So, how does that student, if someone's listening here, can't afford it? How is it like applying for FAFSA in college? <laughs> so,
1: so, um, so I would say that the students who end up getting those spots with me, some of the characteristics are that they want to be there. They are eager. They may not be a straight A student, but they are a hard worker who's doing absolutely the best that they can do with the resources they have. Kind of like a diamond in the rough. And I look at them and think, oh my gosh, the world is your oyster. I'd love to work with you. So then they come on. It's a year-to-year commitment. Um, In one case, I had a student who came in and went out within about a year. Things happened in her world. Generally, the kids come in in eighth grade, and they graduate with me. So um,
0: Okay, take away the students that – and that's interesting to know about because if there's a lot of counseling out there, you're hearing it. There is opportunities where they have to – donate their time, maybe they're on scholarships. All right, so.
1: Something else, fly-in programs. So um, many colleges offer what are called fly-in programs. They're for first-gen okay. students. And by the way, for a first-gen student could be a student who's capable of affording my services. Um, but because a parent could be a successful I can think of someone who's a very successful business person, but he has a high school education right. and his daughter is working with me and they've been just fine and I'll be working with siblings. But first gen, colleges love to expose first gen or underserved groups to the specifics of their college. And so if you would go on to any college's website and go into the search bar and type in fly-in programs. I would guess that probably nine out of the 10 schools will offer them. And they are free. And in many cases, everything about it is free. The travel is free. The lodging is free. Um, There are also programs, I'm thinking right now, of the Claremont colleges, where the Claremonts go out, Pomona especially, goes out and finds students who they bring to campus for four to eight weeks in the summer, all expenses paid. kids who are first gen, who are underserved, who might be an underrepresented minority. and these kids go through incredible programming and end up, I think they have like a 99% four-year college at, you know attrition uh, right. Um, what a, moving what on what other
0: yeah. we've talked about this before, but what other services out there because fly in. If you're listening out there, audience, fly in. That's something that's new to me after you told me about that. And are there any other like local?
1: Well, so what I I really do strongly recommend a parent and or a student go to the IECA website. There is a search bar that says parent and students. First of all, there are many free resources there. I brought some of them today just to show you. Um, all kinds of things, 10 tips for college visits, what do colleges look for in a student. You can print them off right from the website, interviewing tips. This Um, is
0: free information for you listeners out there. Jerry has it in her hand, she's showing it to me, if, if I didn't know much about colleges and i have friends that were saying michael what do i do they're coming to me as if i'm the expert i'm not even in your your... well you
1: but you're experienced and you are knowledgeable and you've done a lot of you know legwork so the, the ieca is a terrific organization where parents and students can get a lot of free resources the other thing is if you wanted to search by your geographic area. You can search IECAs, IECs, Mm -hmm. like myself, and under the search, if you find someone in your area, so let's hypothetically say you can't afford the services of an IEC, or you don't think you can. um, You could go to the IECA website, look, search for someone in your area. You happen to live in Orange County, Uh, then you are blessed with a lot of us. And I strongly suggest that you drill down, look at the people whose interests, if you're looking for someone who deals with colleges but special needs, your daughter or your son has special needs, you may wanna drill down and call them. Then you might ask, when you call, do you have any scholarship opportunities?
0: Great advice.
1: And I will tell you that if I get that call, I will say, I do. In fact, I do. And tell me a little bit more about your son or your daughter, or if it's the student calling me, I'm even more blown away, um, because I do get some Mm -hmm. students who are very willing to advocate for themselves. And I've had a number of meetings. Sometimes I remember one student who called me. She was at OCC. She was interested in transferring. She had no money. She was off on her own. Somehow she had the presence of mind to search me out through IECA. She asked if I would meet with her after we spoke on the phone, and we probably met three or four times. I gave her some quick tips for utilizing the services at OCC, for making a transfer to the UC schools after she'd completed her AA. And You know, I never heard from her again after that, but it was, I think it made a difference for her. Right. Um, so there are a lot of us who care deeply about serving.
0: I love that, great information to know.
1: I will say one other thing, um, a part of our, so I went back, I went to UCLA, then I went to law school, then I went back to UCLA to get my certificate in college counseling. A requirement of our completion of the program is a practicum. And the practicum generally involves service to an underserved group. My practicum was with CASA, um, the Court Appointed Special Advocate Program, and a specific program within CASA called Learning to Succeed. But many of my friends have done free, because you're doing your practicum, so it's free counseling. They're on the cusp of beginning their practice. So again, if you were to contact IECA and to ask about, you know, any student members, uh, you might be able to get some student members who are so excited to take students. My first year of practice, all of my students were scholarshiped, every single one of them.
0: I love free. So if you're listening out there, Jerry's giving some great advice and recommendation. Question, is there different levels of this outside counseling, maybe price points, or is everybody comparable?
1: No, everyone is not comparable. Um, and what
0: I, I, determines, the lo- <laughs> yeah. Jerry, like the low entry level, middle entry, what are you getting? Because someone's out there that might be not be able to afford it that's a little or that can be able to afford a little bit more than free or maybe a little bit below maybe for what the higher end charges so give just high level examples
1: well i think
0: um dollar dollar ranges so people can actually sure okay i actually can do this
1: well so it was interesting um to prepare for today i just grabbed a few of my handouts that i have in my office which students are welcome to pick up and on one of my handouts which is basically why use an IEC when you have a high school counselor or you go to a parochial or a private school and you have a what's akin to a quasi private counselor and one of the things that I saw was the average IECA member charges about one eighth of the amount often cited in the press. So you might Hear about people in the press uh, through this last year and the varsity blues incident. We all heard about and we're going to talk about that too. We heard about people charging $25,000 for senior year and even more. And this was not to bribe anyone, this is just because an IEC believes that he or she might be well situated an expert perhaps in the highest tier admission. That is nowhere near what I charge. Um, I actually charge um, by, if a student wants to pay by the hour, I charge by the hour. Um, That sometimes is easier for a family Mm -hmm. and um, that's absolutely fine with me. I'm working with a student right now who I'm charging by the hour and so I, ask for blocks of three-hour payment at a time. And so she gets it together. And I'm working with a DACA student right now who's applying to medical schools. And I reduced my hourly rate to work with her. Um, I met her. She's amazing. She has a a terrific reason for wanting to become a physician. And I made the decision to cut my rate. And I've done a lot of free work for her. So she's an undocumented. Give me an example.
0: Give me an audience an example of maybe like entry low, uh, maybe where they can afford it. Yeah. So a little bit above free. What are we talking? Well, I can, I
1: um. mean, I think I am competitive for this area. Now, we, you know, we live in Newport Beach and there are more and more and more IECs coming to Orange County and um, some are professional members, and some just sort of hang out their shingle. And you need to be discriminating about that if you're looking to hire someone. But having said that, my hourly rate is $200 an hour. Um, My hourly rate is $200 an hour, but what happens is I typically go an hour and a half to two hours. So really, the effective rate is $100 an hour. And my meetings that I set up are working meetings. We get a lot done. Um, and so, and then you leave with a list of things that then you're charged with doing on your own, Yes. follow up. And then you go off, you do it.
0: And here's my testimonial. Jerry will give you your bang for your buck because she does go over the time limit. That's not a knock on you because you have a lot of information to share and you do give the students, You bottom line, you hold them accountable. Julia tells me now, I have to do this, Daddy, I have to do this. So, and Sophia did the same thing. And and I want to touch on something. We're gonna switch topics because this is a transition. You've had the opportunity to work with Sophia, my daughter at UW, and Julia, two different personalities. And all listeners out there, because parents, your kids are different personalities. This is not you going to college. This is them going to college. They need to find the right fit and what fits them. Let's talk about what parents should be advising, supporting their students on as well as the student and, and really finding what fits them.
1: So I would say that the majority of my parents are professionals who have college educations. So I guess I would say they're fairly sophisticated consumers. Some of them come to the process with notions that date back to when they were in college or graduate school, and they'll say things like, you know, I'm not a really big fan of Michigan. They happen to be a Notre Dame alum. Or they'll say they're not applying to MSU. I'm a U of M alum, you know, or we're not applying to UCLA. I'm a Trojan. And I look at them and I say, actually, one of the things we do here is we don't say never and we don't say always. We don't use absolutes because I think it cheapens the message. So let me start by saying that if I think your daughter or your son is well suited to one of those schools, I'm still going to recommend that school. I had a student in the other day and the mom said, Before we get started, I want to let you know that my daughter will not be applying to a single California school. Oh, except Stanford and I said so she's forbidden I mean this was our first meeting your daughter's a freshman and she's forbidden my husband and I agree she is forbidden and I said well let me tell you one of my policies one of my policies is that a student must apply to a school within their home state things happen I had a student whose father died I had a student whose sister died of osteosarcoma there are reasons why all of a sudden life happens and a state school becomes maybe more a reality than they would have ever predicted and and that didn't go over well with that parent suffice it to say we're not working together yeah i would say that's yeah that was a deal breaker (laughs) um and she also and she also by the way came to me via rick singer that was, ah. a, that was that was first and only person who said to me that they previously worked with him. That was another... Red flag. Red flag. Red flag. Yeah. So anyway, that's not the type of family I work with. But I do have a lot of discriminating consumers. And I would say this. I think information is power. And so when a family says to me, we're not that interested in applying to, then I think I use my resources to say, well, so the Iovine School of Innovation is like none other. And if your son got admitted to the Iovine School at USC, there's not another program in California, in the actually in the country, that might fulfill that for him. So can we at least agree that if we can find a program for him, that really suits his interests and his talents and whatnot that you might be amenable to that can i at least say that you're open-minded and typically when given information i think parents become more comfortable with it i think it's a sense of you know there's a lot of anxiety and um one of the other things i hear about is my son or daughter has testing anxiety we're headed into high school they're never going to be able to get get test scores that are high enough to get into a good school, and I stop them. This is being said in front of their child. And I look at the child and say, there are over a 1,000 schools in the United States that are test optional. So don't worry. We can find... Have you, heard of, have, you, have you heard of Wake Forest? Yes. Have you heard of or College? Maybe not. Have you heard some of the Cal States, the Cal Polys? Th- right. These are schools right. which... Are test flexible or test optional? GW, let's table that for now. Let's not stress our student anymore. They're already
0: being stressed. And here's a question I always ask. You're not a student. Um, You are a parent with kids. But I feel, especially this time, here we are, September, October, seniors are, they have enough stress. And as a parent, what I've learned, if you're mm-hmm. listening out there, and I've gone through the process with Sophia, and I think it's even easier with Julia, uh, is they will be fine, and we don't need to put stress and pressure on them. It's not about where you're going to school, where you're going to school. Actually, Jared, you know, when I see Julia's friends now, I don't ask them what are their top choice, what's their number one choice, I said, I throw them off. I said, what community college are you looking into? And they're like, <laughs> Mr. Fong, I,
1: community college is yeah, great. Man. Well, in fact, let me say this about we've got a gem here right up the road. Tell Tell
0: my audience right now.
1: Um, Orange Coast College, for one, I mean, we have Saddleback. We've got IVC. We've got Golden West. You know, we've got a number of other gems. But OCC, in my mind, it, it has one of the highest transfer rates to publics and to privates in our state. It's probably second or neck and neck with Santa Monica City College and then a city college in the San Diego area. I think it's, to, I'm trying to remember. Anyway, San Marcos, perhaps. So, But OCC and Santa Monica City College are the two that, they're feeder schools to the UCs. So here's my deal there, though. I don't, if I think I have a student who's gonna be on the bubble getting into a four-year school, that that student would like, for whatever reason, right. grades, test scores, life. I don't begin with, let's talk about OCC. I begin with the potential schools that could suit them, and then we work hard on that. And then knowing in the background that there is always junior college and you with a wonderful junior college. So around January or February for those kids who are still waiting to hear if they've gotten in, I, I tell them to go to the SOAR program, the meetings on their campus, S-O-A-R, the SOAR program, um, or when OCC comes to campus, usually in January of with any of the schools, they come, they say, are you interested in attending OCC? And if you are, Let's get you registered. If you get mm. registered, even if you don't ultimately attend, you're in the queue. You get a high number. You're going to be first to register for classes. Um, many of my students take summer junior college courses as well. You know, when we talk about free or nearly free options for students to kind of advance themselves or illuminate different career possibilities OCC is, is a great one and you know you can start taking courses in the summer at OCC if you get permission from your high school after you're 15 um, juniors and seniors can freely enroll
0: Right, OCC <clears throat> the Pirates actually my father-in-law went there played baseball there did you know that Murph was he, he? He played. He was a pitcher at OCC. What? My father-in-law is John
1: Altabelli still a? Yes. Yeah, he's amazing. Yes. Right Great. Or
0: left-hander? He was a righty.
1: Flame thrower
0: or? He was uh, junk, and then he went. Uh, hey, junk uh, is junk. actually yeah. junk. junk is a, a What do you mean junk? Like, like knuckleballer. Like off-speed. Off-speed. No. Right. Say junk. I, I you love. Options. I love the junk. <laughs> then he was a control pitcher. Back then, yes. There you go. And then he went on. A, At Cal Poly, which is another phenomenal school, yeah, and I think out of if there was one state school, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna ask this question: one state school that someone from Orange County is applying to, or whatever it may be, which is the school that you (laughs) would? It's
1: slow. Well, it is slow. I mean, I will tell you that it slow has caught on in the last (laughs) ten to twelve years. The problem is, you know, kids are saying. I wanna to go to Slow. I wanna to go to Slow. And I'll say, What is it about Slow that attracts you? Have you been to Slow? No, but I'm gonna go visit. And I say, Well, okay, so let's talk about Slow. I, I happen to like Slow too. My daughter in law went to Slow. Um, she was a fruit science major with a concentration in grapes, in other words, enology. Um, and she became a sommelier and isn't using it now. But in any event, one of the issues with Slow has gotten better. Um, and I know you talked about this on another podcast, you must designate a major at this moment in time and it may change. Historically, you've had to designate a major before you even get into college and you know, We know that college kids on average change their major 2.75 times. So what are you gonna do when you go to Cal Poly slow? And there are roadblocks. So they've gotten a little better. They now allow for, if you're doing well, you have like one free pass to another major. Um, Certainly getting into transferring into engineering, architecture, business, it's going to be a little right. bit more competitive. Right. But it's not as black and white as it used to be. And I think as a general rule, many colleges are trending away from asking about college majors and they're saying focus area. So they're becoming more understanding.
0: And here's my question I, our statement. And I say this to Sophia and Julia as well. It does not matter what you major in you may agree or disagree. I say go to that four-year institution and typically what you do when you graduate is completely different than what you majored in unless it's very specific, right? Well,
1: like, like business and finance. So correct. I think about my middle son who was had a concentration in finance at USC's Marshall School. That's exactly what he went into. He went into investment banking, then he went into private equity, and now he's running his own private equity firm. So for him, What he majored in and what his concentration was in was absolutely applicable. I have a son who's a physician who was a bio major at UCLA. So, you know, did his coursework in medical school dovetail? Absolutely it did. My son, who went to Pomona College, was a politics, philosophy, and economics major. He became an incredible writer. He went to law school. I think that fed him into law school beautifully. Uh, I mean, the skill building, the essay writing. But you're right. Um, Many kids will graduate with a psych major and then they go into sales. And, exactly, Exactly, I, uh,
0: I think it's all about networking.
1: A lot of it is networking. Meet
0: donors, I talk about meet people. If you're in a Greek system, meet alumni, meet donors, meet as many people as you can. One major, I think I heard this from you and I actually recommend it a lot. If you don't know what you're going to do, a great major is English. Correct me if I'm wrong, because with an
1: English major, in life, you
0: can do a lot. Well,
1: so it's interesting you'd say that. Just in the last month, I've seen two different articles. One, and they were both in the Journal or the Times, Wall Street Journal or the New York Times. One time, it was English major is a wonderful, you know, liberal arts curricula is a great way to gain access to a plethora of different fields. And then the next one that I read was there's absolutely no benefit to being an English major or English majors rank the lowest in terms of the amount of money that they get. But if you read more deeply into that article what it did say, that was only with the first job. There you go. And if you went out a little further, that disparity changed. In my opinion, being a good writer transcends... To, to just about any different industry. Um, and it's also what I would say it's probably one of the most challenging majors, so.
0: Jerry Frazier, she has been our guest on The Student Manager, this podcast talking about college search admission process, helping students, helping parents. Wrapping up here with Jerry Frazier, give my audience two takeaways.
1: Take advantage of free resources. One, Khan Academy test prep in almost all subjects. And two, have your students enroll for free online, massive open online courses through edX, Open Yale, Coursera.
0: We have to thank our executive producer, Murph Cargis, for running the soundboard entertainment back here. Uh, this podcast brought to you by Fonger News. Hopefully, after Jerry Fraser uh, gets downloaded, we're going to get my followers and listeners up to 1520. Does that sound good, Murph? And you know, one of my podcasts, Claire Wadman, Newport uh, Harbor High School, now at Colorado in the engineering school, she already has over 80 downloads. So, with that said, Fonger News is signing out. Until next week.